0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Uh, when, when Jesus said to the woman at the well, uh, uh, you know what, you, you don't have one husband, you have uh, seven. How many are you? Five, five, five husbands. Um, that was a word of knowledge. Jesus couldn't have naturally known that that was a by the Holy Spirit. All right, number two, the word of wisdom. This is God helping people to make decisions and offer guidance beyond natural intellect, experience, or ability. Um, uh, it's what Solomon did. Uh, he, he made a decision about what to do with the ladies that were arguing over whose baby, uh, the, the, whose baby who, who the living baby belonged to. So it's just God giving you supernatural wisdom to make right choices uh, that are just beyond you. And he just drops it in your heart and you know it's the right course. Uh, discerning of spirits. This is God causing a person to see into the spiritual realm of dreams and visions. Um, Typically, when someone in the Bible, like, you know, uh, Saul was, Peter was on the roof, sorry, um, after uh, eating lunch, and the Bible said he saw a vision and and a, uh, a blanket came down and there were all types of animals on it, yada, 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 and God said, kill and eat. He was seeing into the spiritual realm. That is discerning of spirits. So seeing into the spiritual realm is discerning of spirits, and that can happen while you sleep, uh, by the way, we sleep uh, about a third of our life, maybe. Uh, and God's not barred out of any part of our existence. And sometimes he can reach us better while we're sleeping because we're not listening when we're awake. Um, also, visions the same thing. Uh, or also discerning of spirits. We covered this is God giving design, divine insight into the nature or the spirit behind people uh, or behaviors or issues. You know, uh, various times in this church's journey, I, I'd say, Lord, what, what is the issue? Um, sometimes a matter I need to adjust and I need to just uh, to approach some things differently. Other times I, I felt there was a spirit behind it and different times I can't, I can't explain it, but you just kind of know this is not just a natural problem and I could keep trying to fix a natural problem and I'm going to get exhausted because it's really not just a problem like that. I need to go to the root of it. And sometimes God would just kind of pull the scale back and I'd see that that's a spirit. What you need to do is take authority over the devil and, and, and that's what you need to do. So, you know, that's where this, 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 Discernment comes in. Um, Sometimes behaviors. Some people can be doing things. Okay, example, Paul. Uh, There was this woman that was fortune telling. And, uh, well, I'm sure he knew from the outset that that she wasn't right. But finally, after he finally got frustrated with it, he finally uh, saw the spirit behind all that was happening. And it uh, wasn't just this girl, and he, he rebuked the devil, and it came out and the rest. So that, that's an example of discerning uh, spirits. And by, by the way, what she was saying to him, though, while she was following him, she, she was saying, uh, Paul is a great, what was he saying? Paul was a great man, what was he saying? Paul. He, well, basically what he was doing was, uh, what he was doing was basically exalting Paul. And she was following him around saying, well, you know, great man of God, basically great man of God. And uh, he finally saw through that and he rebuked it and, and cast the demon out. So, you know, some some commendations can come from a right spirit, but they can also come from a, a wrong spirit. And uh, sometimes you need discernment to, to, to know. All right, now right. We've covered those gifts that do something. Uh, the gift of faith. We covered this also. This is God's supernatural removal of doubt and fear in difficult situations. This is an example where Daniel could sleep in the lion's den. This was an example where Peter could sleep before he was uh, to be beheaded the next day. It's supernatural faith where God just steps in, and there's no doubt. You just know it. I just got it. And, and you, you're stepping into God's face. It's is an awesome, awesome experience when you step into the gift of faith. So, uh, by the way, look at all these. We're all to have a level of knowledge, aren't we? We're all to have a level of wisdom, aren't we? We're all to have a level of discernment, aren't we? We're all to have a level of faith, aren't we? But then God kicks in and takes it to a whole nother God level, okay? So all of these gifts have a counterpart that we're to just walk in in general, but then it has that super where God just, you know, just, just, just adds, you know, multiplies 10 times, uh, maybe even more, you know, uh, what, what we have naturally. Then he says the gift of healing. This is God's miraculous power used to restore a person to health. Um, this is this is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, loves people, and um, you know we're we're trained that you know we go to the hospital and all that. But you know a lot of the world don't have hospitals. All they have is God, Amen. and the ancient world didn't have hospitals. They had the Pool of Bethesda, and that was a mess. Uh, they they didn't have a lot of great treatments. So, uh, you know, we'll look at that and we say, well, you know what, God doesn't heal because we have hospitals. Wait a minute. That's an American theology. Uh, In a a lot of the world, there are no hospitals. So you need God. And God is a healer. And he cares about people. And how can you fulfill your purpose if you're dead? Right? So the gifts of healing... Uh, God uh, releases through different people in the body. Some of you in this room, sure, are probably flowing that gift, but you probably don't know it. Because you probably never really stepped out to pray. And because of that, you probably don't know. But but imagine if you have that gift flowing in you, there are people in your life that you might be the instrument God would love to use to keep them alive to fulfill their purpose. So you don't have to be a pastor have the gift of healing, you, you don't have to be, you don't have any title. All you have to do is be a part of the body of Christ. Someone God has anointed uh, with that particular gift. And also with the gifts of healing, some people seem to have a level of success with certain things more than other things. And God kind of just moves them that way. And um, uh, it's, it's an amazing gift. The gift of miracles. That's when Jesus uh, and, and Peter walked on the water. The ability to perform signs and wonders that confirm God's word and bear witness to Jesus. When he multiplied the loaves and the fishes, all that is uh, the gift of miracles. All right. We looked at the gifts that reveal something. We looked at the gifts that do something. Now let's take a look at some of the gifts that say something. The gift of prophecy. What is this? This is being made able to communicate the mind of God. Um, God is God. And, you know, no one knows God save he reveals to us what he's thinking, what's on his mind. he's like a big God. There's there's a huge difference, distance between us, uh, apart from the Holy Spirit uh, being in our hearts and making God plain. So, prophecy is simply God dropping into your mind, his mind, Amen. and you being able to communicate it to others. And we'll flesh this out a little bit uh, using the Bible in a, in a few verses. Uh, in, I mean, a few moments. Uh, then he adds diverse tongues. This is the ability of certain people to speak in a language they never learned for the purpose of interpretation. This is not like regular tongues. This is like when you stand up in a meeting or, or you're praying and you begin to pray, uh, and it's, it's a little different than, than your normal praying in, in, in the spirit. Uh, and then after that, someone interprets, he doesn't translate interprets, basically gives the gist of what you're praying for. And that is also a very, very important gift. diverse tongues. And then it says interpretation of tongues. This is the ability God gives certain people to put into words, the gist of what has been spoken in tongues. So, uh, you know, uh, in, in the assembly, God wants to communicate. And uh, at times, he will do it through prophecy, other times, diverse tongues and, and interpretation. And uh, let, let's dig in a little bit. Let's go uh, to 1 Corinthians 14 and 1. And let's continue on. Now, I already stated that the spiritual gifts in Corinth had been largely misused. It was, it was just a mess. But I need you to see something. Paul said this in spite of their misuse, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. And he's talking about what he's already spoken about, those nine. There will always be people that use these gifts for spectacle and profit, but we can't throw out the baby with with the bathwater. He says, no matter what happens, still pursue spiritual gifts. In fact, he says, pursue love and desire, meaning if you love, you will desire, why? Because these gifts aren't for you. They're for others. So the more super God puts on my natural, the more blessing I can be to you. So if I really love God and, and the assembly, I'm like, Lord, what is it that you, you've placed in me and that, that you created me for in that, in that it will be a blessing to, to others? Let's go to First Thessalonians 5 and verse 19. Again, this is Bible study, lots of Bible. He says this. Do not quench the Spirit, or do not put out the Spirit's fire. But the next verse tells how people were doing this. Do not despise prophecies. What do you think happened in the church? The church of Thessalonica, people began to prophesy wrongly. And the the gift was abused, so people's like, you know what? I'm not listening to that stuff. I don't want anything to do with that prophecy stuff. So they began to back away. But he said, don't don't do that. This, This is the way you need to handle this. Test all things. So so don't just believe everything you hear just because somebody said it. Compare what you heard with God's word. Also have discerning leaders assess it. And, And if it's God, there will be two or three witnesses. Listen to 2 Corinthians 13 and 1. This is a very important verse. It says this. This will be the third time I'm coming to you. Paul was about to visit them for the third time. He was about to say the same thing. And what he was saying, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word, every word. If you think God has spoken to you, but it hasn't been confirmed by two or three witnesses, God has not spoken to you. Do you hear what I'm saying? He might be in the process of speaking to you. But according to scripture, it says every word shall be established, at least two or three witnesses, every word, no exception. This is what keeps us safe. When we begin to follow scripture and just because somebody said it someday somewhere and you follow it, and you're like, no more prophecy. No, you didn't follow scripture. Two or three witnesses and, 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 and you got to uh, submit to that. And by the way, when God's talking to you, it's amazing. He'll start saying it over and over and over and over again. He'll, he'll start to pursue you with that. Thing. He almost haunts you with his voice in a certain area. You know, if he's calling you in the ministry, he'll be calling you in the ministry, then he be calling you in the ministry. You'll be trying not to call you in the ministry, call you in the ministry. If he wants you to give, it'll be a like, give, it'll be give, then he turn on the someone talking about giving, and then then some, some, something will happen. You know, whatever it is, he'll start doing over and over and over and over and over again. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21. Let's go back. He said, this is where you deal with prophecy. Test all things. Test it. Against the word. And then it says this. This is important. Hold fast to what is good. Hold on to what's right. Spit out the bad. Whenever people are involved in something, it can go a little sideways. Even if it's a genuine gift, it can get a little sideways. So what you have to do is learn how to hold on to the good. Spit out the bad. And if you're not willing to do that, you're really not ready for for these gifts. Okay, back to 1 Corinthians 14.1. He said, pursue love and desire. How many desire spiritual gifts? Okay, good. And, and I pray that it becomes a strong desire. Lord, use me to your glory, Lord. Uh, you know, there's the certain things you're just going to be really good at. God's going to really grace you for, and God's going to be regular at manifesting in this particular area. Find out and become good at it so you can really become a blessing to those around you. He said, but pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may What? So again, the misuse of spiritual gifts should not cause you to discontinue them. Um, He said, but seek them all the more. Prophecy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So what we see here is tongues without interpretation builds up the speaker, but not necessarily the hearer. Um, Paul says here, I pray in tongues more than you all. I could probably say in this room, I probably pray in tongues more than you all, uh, but I don't do it here. Uh, most of my praying in spirit is before I get here. And that builds me up. It gets me walking in the spirit instead of just what's on my mind. Um, some people say, well, man, that's a great ministry. No, it's a great Holy Ghost. And I've learned to tap into him. And that's how those things happen that, that happen. So, but he who prophesies, okay, when you're, when you're praying in tongues, you're building yourself up. I mean, you're, you're getting yourself in the spiritual dimension. You see, we, we use our minds all day and we get stuck in our head. But your spirit is the part of you that's been born again. That's the part that came down from heaven. And, you know, the, the born again literally means born from above. That's the part that God has recreated in you. It's a new creation. All old things have passed away. That part is perfect. That's where the Holy Spirit lives. And the problem is, I'm in touch with my head all day. And my head's in touch with everything that's on the radio people are saying and the rest i gotta get out of my head so the way i get out of my head is by praying in the spirit so i start engaging that part that's deep down inside me where god lives and it's amazing as i pray in the spirit thoughts start surfacing and i start hearing little things and there's a sensitivity that comes and and it benefits me but if you're listening to me it's not going to really benefit you but it benefits me, okay? So that's, that's what he's saying here. Um, but he who prophesies speaks to edification, exhortation, comfort. So this is why prophecy is so important, why we should desire it. God used it to build us up, to stir us up, and to cheer us up. And it's a word we can understand. Amen. So when you're talking about an assembly, tongues might bless you, but what's goobly got, got to do with you blessing me? <laughs> But when you tell me, I believe the Lord is saying it's going to be all right, and I just lost my job five minutes ago, hey, that blesses me. Yes. So that's what he's saying. Everyone was coming, just do this tongues thing. It's like, why don't you come in here being concerned about blessing somebody? Yes. And that's the whole, whole, whole point here. And by the way, this type of prophecy was more uh, uh, forth than foretelling. This was not predictive. And also, when it's genuine prophecy, it typically doesn't end in confusion. If people are getting confused in the rest, something's gone amiss. Watch 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies who? Yep, edifies me. But he who prophesies edifies who? Okay. Now what we see, this whole chapter is about conduct in church services. How would a cuz we're we we're, how would behave in community? And this is what Paul is correcting. And and, um, if you understand that, the whole chapter all of a sudden becomes crystal clear what uh, Paul is saying. Actually, both, both chapters. Then he says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Now, the NIV ESV says it even clearer. I want you all to speak in tongues. Is that in the book? Yeah, I'm messing with some sacred cows here. But the book says it's for everybody. Okay. All right. What he's saying is, listen, it's for everybody, but not all Sunday. That's not what we come together to do. That's what he was trying to say. So, okay, stay stay with me. I wish that you, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more that you prophesy. And he said, he who prophesies greater than he who speaks with tongues. Again, is about a church service. Unless he what? Interprets. Why? Because if he interprets, you can understand. And he's saying tongues and interpretation equals prophecy. That's what is being said there. There are different instruments through which God communicates, but prophecy is someone just you know, kind of bubbling up, okay, this is what I believe the Lord is saying, but tongues and interpretation, diverse tongues, forgive me, interpretations is someone speaking in tongues and someone getting the gist of it and saying, well, I believe the Lord is saying X, Y, and Z, but both cases, uh, you are getting a communication from the Lord's heart and mind. Does that make sense? Okay, just a little bit. All right. But now, brethren, if I come to you, he's talking about coming to you, he's not talking about private devotional stuff. If I come to you and I come into church speaking with tongues, public services, what shall I profit you unless I give you a clear revelation, some knowledge, prophecy, or by teaching? So, this is why teaching is such a staple. in this house, but in the teaching comes revelation knowledge, and and we even you'll hear the worship leaders. They don't always go into you know eyes roll back and say, "Thus saith the Lord," but but you know the Lord is speaking through various exhortations, and and even when they receive the offering, the different you know you know God's speaking. So uh, anyway, uh, what shall I profit you unless I speak by either of those those things? Um, church is supposed to be a growth environment, Amen. but a corporate experience where we can grow together. If I'm just praying in tongues, it's just my little private thing between me and God. It's not a corporate thing, do you understand? So he's saying in the church, now I'm not saying you can't speak in tongues in church, but it can't be all tongues, it can't be that in church. And then he goes on and says this, and he goes on, because what they did is they abused speaking in tongues, and he's correcting it. Listen to what he says, verse seven. Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sound, how will anyone know what's piped or played? He's saying, you know, with it's real clear with various instruments, etc. How will anyone make sense of it unless you can't just blow? You blow specific notes, and with speech. And communication, it has to be clear and specific to really be a blessing to someone else. For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? So in church, we can't just do that. There has to be a spoken word. For you will be speaking into the air if you're just speaking in the spirit in the tongues there are it may be so many kinds of languages in the world and none of them is without significance therefore if i do not know the meaning of the language i shall be a foreigner to him who speaks and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me meaning you're estranging each other if all you're doing is speaking in tongues there's no corporate experience there's no corporate knowledge that everyone is growing on no corporate vision or direction Everyone is just estranged from each other and kind of in their own little world. I don't understand you. You don't understand me. And an undermined uh, community. Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for edification of the church. He's saying, guys, if you really want to do this this spiritual thing and really plug in these gifts, make sure your motivation is other people, not self-aggrandizement not you know for you to look great it's for other people and if your heart that's why in the middle of talking about tongues he starts talking about love the love chapter in the bible is right in there he's saying if you would start loving people these gifts would start operating better if you would start loving people a lot of these issues would resolve themselves uh in the church even so since you're so uh zealous for spiritual let it be for edification of the what church that you seek to excel uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 39 through 40. Uh, we're going to have to do some skipping in, in, again in the interest of time. Same chapter, just a little further down. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. How many of you would like to know the mind of God? Amen. Yeah. Amen. yeah. According to this text, if you desire it, God might release it, but you got to want it. And now that you have the information, he's like, "Okay, it's available to me. I want to know the mind of the Lord, and that's what I want to know all day long." God, what is on your mind? What, are, what, what are you thinking? You know, uh, is this good? Is this bad? Is it, you know, what is the deal? You have been listening to the Live Big podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.